Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajatali. And Waj, you know, it, it's 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 never a slow cycle. Welcome back, one. We missed you uh, while you've been on the road interviewing famous people from everywhere, from, you know, uh, Redman to uh, Deepak Chopra to uh, Pri- uh, Priyanka Chopra. Like, I mean... You've been doing the most at South by Southwest. So I'll, I'll let you um, tell folks uh, one of the, your, I don't know, I want to know your coolest moment uh, in hosting the studio at South by Southwest. But um, yeah, you come back and you bring a hell of a news cycle with you. <laughs> it's all because of me. Uh, yes. I went, I, I like an idiot, I thought I was 21 years old. So I'm like, let me do 60 plus interviews in nine days at South by Southwest. And then right when I finish, let me fly 16 hours to Qatar to do an event and stay there only a day and then come back and oh yeah ramadan starts tonight and then i like i woke up today and i'm like why am i so tired why does my body hurt and my wife's like you're an idiot you just got back from Qatar. i'm like oh yeah so it was really cool i hosted south by southwest studio it was the second year i'm always surprised when anyone invites me because uh, you and me daniel as you know we're, we're i think they call us uh uppity opinionated people of color <laughs> and and we uh, our misfortune is that we're actually our batting average is very good and we seem to be right about a lot which which is terrible for our industry yes because you have to be aggressively wrong about everything and white and, yes yeah yeah and white and republican or republican adjacent and so i come back and donald trump uh, warns about getting arrested still not arrested folks and yep. this conveniently posts on truth social uh, nonsense and this is where we're at, which it's like dark humor, but I shouldn't laugh, but I have to from crying. In his post, Daniel, he mm-hmm. is openly anti-Semitic and anti-Black. No mm. one picks up on it because Mm-mm. the media has normalized it. Uh, Ron DeSantis, who you and I have described as a wet noodle, I have said that MAGA does not belong to him. Media and Republican billionaires have tried their best to make him be the second coming. Guess what? Trump is still king of MAGA. And we're still waiting for the DA to move on Trump. They have no problem moving on poor black and brown folks. They have no problem moving on the Central Park Five. But with Trump, even though this mother effer 
openly admits to committing crimes and we have him on tape. We just, we don't know. And then we got Van Jones. I, all right, if, before I finish my rant, Van Jones, what happened, Daniel? What happened to Van Jones? I, you know, I know that I'm supposed to have a tab on all black people in media. Yes, as a representative but, of all black folks. Um, You know, I honestly... I, I told this story once on on my other pod, Woke AF, um, which is that I used to, 20 some odd years ago, adore Van Jones. Van Jones spoke at my first ever event that I put together on Capitol Hill mm. when I was working for Congresswoman Yvette Clark. He was uh, leading up his organization, Green for All. Yeah, um, great organization. He was, he was a prominent voice in the environmental justice movement. And I just thought he was amazing. And he came to Capitol Hill and spoke on my panel. And um, and throughout the years, I had watched Van Jones, the Van Jones activist person for equity and justice morph into someone that has become unrecognizable. Mm. And and so I, I, I don't know, I guess the question, the answer would be money. <laughs> Did money happen to him? Did fame happen to him? Uh, did the ego overtake the body uh, and you forget your roots, which is why it's so important to stay grounded? I have no idea. Even seven years ago, not even 20 years ago, seven years ago. And the reason why I mentioned Van Jones, for those who are, aren't following, he was trending. He always trends for all the wrong reasons. Yes. Uh, as I was talking about, like, you know, this this Trump and this potential indictment that never seems to happen. He got on CNN and was kind of like telling the DA to back off. And we're like, what? Why? Yeah. Uh, unclear, you know, um, I, 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 I don't know if it is back off because I'm worried about you, Alvin Bragg, as a black man and the crosshairs of this white supremacist fascist party. That's mm. what I would love to think that it is. Right. Um, but I really think that Van Jones, like a lot of people in media right now, have fallen for the rope dope which is that Trump is too powerful and too dangerous to indict. And I would argue Trump is too powerful and too dangerous not to indict. Concurrence. Agreed. Right. So I, I think that what we are seeing right now, you know, through Van Jones, but through the media in general, is that Donald Trump drops bait. By the way, no legal person, no one from the DA's office said that an indictment was coming down on Tuesday. Yeah. Molly Jung Fast, um, who is host of Fast Politics on iHeart, she tweeted and said something so sickening, which is that since Donald Trump made that uh, truth social post on his broke-ass Twitter, ask me how much money he has raised, Wash. I, I, I know Ask me how there. much money is, how has he much raised. Money- has Donald Trump raised, who, by the way, has not been arrested or indicted yet? $1.5 million and counting. Yep. It's a great grift. $1.5 million and counting. So what has the media helped him do? Advertise for free, just like they did in 2016 when he was running for president. He didn't need to pay for TV ads because every time that he told the media to show up, I got a big story. It was a tour of a fucking hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue, and they fell for it. It was an empty tarmac, and they fell for it. 
From The New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. And also... Uh, today, uh, it was reported that he wants to be arrested. He wants to be uh, perp yep. walked. He wants to be in handcuffs because he says, quote, I'll be a martyr, allegedly. And he knows that for his base, if he gets martyred, what are they going to do? They're going to rally behind him and they're going to give him more money. But then again, the, 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 the rhetoric of last week, and I was following it from South by, was the following. And I can't believe mm-hmm. reporters and journalists who should know better actually framed it this way. Hey, if he gets indicted or arrested, his base is going to get really upset, which to me translates as the following. Hey, these terrorists might commit terror. So instead of Mm -hmm. stopping these terrorists, let's just enable them. Can you imagine that for those rest of us? Hey, 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 these blacks, if you start arresting them for weed, they're going to get really upset. They might riot. Instead, they're like, who cares? We'll crack their skulls. Hey, black. Here's 20 years in, uh, in prison for weed. And by the way, oh, white, you can make millions of dollars and buy a house in Marin for selling weed. Yes. I, you know, it's what, what, I, what I find most, I mean, there's just so many layers, right? Which is, which is what you have brought up. There's so many layers of bullshit. And one of the things, I, you know, I actually, I want to share this uh, with folks, which is another wonderful person uh, host of Muckrakers, uh, another another podcast. Jared Yates, um, he a, a, fo- a former guest of the show. Yes, a former guest of the show. He tweeted, uh, and Joy Reid reposted uh, a series of his tweets, and he said this. And I and I just want to uh, Jared Yates Sexton, and I just want to read it real quick. He tweeted, if Trump is actually indicted, there's going to be a lot of focus on the unprecedented nature of what is happening to a former president. That comes from reverence for an office. The real story is how this person has been protected by power structures for so long. Indicting Trump would be an act of political courage. 
For too long, those who should have acted have been hamstrung by power systems and their own inability or unwillingness to act. That has brought us here to a point where doing the right thing is increasingly dangerous. He goes on to say this, the cardinal sin of America from the beginning has been an intentional disparity in power and the reach of law, creating a separate reality for white wealthy men. We live in the consequences of that sin and still suffer to this very day because of it. Mic drop. Amen. I mean, Amen. I mean, what, I, what I've said, and this was my tweet last week when this was happening, is who gives a shit if his base is pissed off? Why, isn't, why aren't people asking about the majority? What will it say to the majority who actually still believe <laughs> in America and this myth that, you know, there is apparently an equal standard and no one's above the law, that this guy can openly commit crimes and he won't even get indicted? And the fact that we let Republicans get away with it, even though Ken Starr, I'm going to do a deep cut, back in the Come day on. had no problem wasting millions of dollars and so much mm-hmm. time in, in trying to investigate Bill Clinton over a messy blowjob and a lie because he said no one's above the law. But we're perfectly fine with a violent insurrection that killed several people, yep. trying to influence and tamper with Georgia elections, massive alleged financial crimes in New York, and also, I forgot, taking national security documents that threaten our national security and our allies, and then lying about it and refusing to turn them over, even though the FBI nicely, gently, kindly asked for months. And we're going to say, listen, 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 his base might get angry. Mm-hmm. So let's not do it. And as a reporter and a journalist, I'm not going to even tell you about the content of the alleged forthcoming indictment, which hasn't happened. I'm not going to tell you what he did. I'm not going to talk about how this is so unprecedented and dangerous. I'm not going to talk about the rule of law. I'm not going to talk about the majority. I'm going to submit to right-wing bad faith framing and instead wonder about white rage. And I'm going to placate white rage, infantilize white rage, and normalize white rage. But by the way, blacks and browns and Muslims, if you did this, uh, war on terror to terror harder. Terror harder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be it. Terror with and, a vengeance. And just to go, because, you know, our friend Kurt Bardella uh, tweeted out a tweet that has gotten so much attention about MSNBC hiring former Senator John Kasich as a contributor to the show, mm. Republican. John Kasich, on one of his first appearances on Ari Melber's show. Former governor of Ohio. Former governor of Ohio. Kasich says, you know, we should spend time figuring out why these people are so invested in Donald Trump and why they're so upset with the current economic, their current economic situation in America. That's the real problem. And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Like, mm. is this is this 2016 the redux, the deep dive into why white people are so in the bag for fucking Donald Trump when we know that it's one reason racism? Right. Like, can we just stop pretending that I need to understand how complex white people are when, in fact, that 70 million people voted for the man more so than they did in 2016 because yep. they have believed the lie that people that look like you and me are coming to terrify 
Caravan. Their little white suburban neighborhoods, and Invasion. we got a caravan, and there's going to be taco trucks on every fucking corner. Remember that? Like, it's just, I am so sick and tired of the media propping up these washed up Republicans, giving them plush jobs, re- helping to reform them, right? So that they can get on television and spout dumb shit. But the rest it's, of us, yeah, we're we're denied not only the access but also the monetary gain from telling the truth and being right. It's it's all connected, and it, it goes back to the point of how this country and its institutions coddle white rage, normalize it, infantilize it, elevate it, and profit off of it. John Kasich has not had an original thought in ten years. He is stuck in 2016, repeating the same talking points, and I'm glad you brought it up. And for those who don't know, I have to mention this. Every single major study done in tw- since 2016 has mm-hmm. revealed that the major, not the exclusive, not the only, but the major motivator for a Trump voter is not economic anxiety. No. It is cultural anxiety. They're hmm. afraid of being, quote unquote, replaced by people who look like me and Danielle. At the January 6th insurrection, Most of the people there were not poor. Many of them were middle class, upper middle class, and some person even brought their own jet. You know, that average American in the Rust Belt drinking real coffee (laughs) with their jets. They take their jets to Dayton, Ohio, respect to Dayton, Ohio, it's a great place. But you know what I'm saying? And so here we are with a remake because, and I think it was Jay Rosen, uh, who was a guest of ours. Mm -hmm. He said, and and he echoed you, he says, the, the industry that he, he follows and he studies, he's a media professor and he's a critic. He says they have not become agile enough to evolve and adapt to the changing circumstances. They're yep. still stuck. They still do a both sides analysis because, and this is what I call the my uncle defense. These folks are mostly white. It's part of incestuous ecosystem. These folks remind them of their drunk uncle. This is what I mean by the drunk uncle, Daniel. Well, I have an uncle... His name is Chet. I like that uncle. He took me hunting. He's funny. Sure, he calls women broads, and he doesn't like them gays, and he's never met a Muslim, and he wears the MAGA hat, and he believes in replacement theory, and he voted for Trump, but he's really funny. And at Thanksgiving, he tells jokes. Sometimes he gets drunk and says some sexist jokes, but I love my uncle Chet. It's their uncle Chets. They normalize them. They humanize them. That's why... It's like when the white shooter comes out, it's not a terrorist. It's not a super predator. Lonely, radicalized white man. Yeah. Lone wolf. So Empathy. They, yeah, they're we able to feel humanize bad for him. and empathize with these people because the reality is these people come from their backyard, their hometown. When it comes to us, foreigners, aliens, terrorists, predators. And so it's an incestuous ecosystem. And the media is just a microcosm of all these other institutions where they're willing to placate and give 45 excuses for these folks. And meanwhile, I have to say this, Kasich gets a plum contract. And for those who don't know, in MSNBC, Fox, and CNN, a commentator position is one of the most plum positions that you can get in media. It's yep. anywhere from eighty dollars to $200,000. Once mm-hmm. in a while, you come once a week. Sometimes you come twice a week. Sometimes you'll get paid for not even appearing. You'll get that salary. It gives Looking you little, at you, CNN, because uh, it, it that's what title. they do. It gives yep. you a title. And what have, and I'll be very blunt about this. I've shared it when Kurt said this. 
I repeated it and I was so shocked I got my tweet went viral. Kurt is on almost every day. Yes. Kurt, you would think, has a contract. Kurt does it for free. Ellie missed Which was, I did not know until the tweet. I text Kurt and I was just like, wait a minute, aren't you a contributor? <laughs> and he was just like, Danielle, I haven't been a contributor since before the pandemic. Yep. I said, so you're doing like 10 hits a week for free? He's yes. doing it for free. Ellie Mistel's doing it for free. Danielle's yep. doing it for free. Wajat Ali's doing it free. And what we get told is the following. We don't have the budget. I'm telling you straight up all, mm -hmm. we never lie to you on the show. We don't have the budget. So we're like, okay, they don't have the budget. And then we see John Kasich. Yes. Get this Somehow, Danielle, they find a budget for Kasich and Republicans. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, I, I will just share my piece uh, on the part. Um, I stopped many years ago pursuing a MSNBC contract, probably right around the Trump era. So probably like 2016. So about seven, eight years ago. And the reason was for me, and this is different from other folks, I did not want my voice and my social media controlled and policed by cable news. I Ditto. say what the fuck I want to say. Um, you don't get to own me because you could never pay me enough, right? To be able to control what I say and how I say it. And, you know, so I am a person who, and I have said this to many people before, that even if somebody were to knock on my door from MSNBC and say, hey, do you want a contract? The answer would be no. Because it is in a lot of ways, unless you're looking to land a show on their network, it is golden handcuffs. Yeah. And I'm not interested for me in golden handcuffs. My podcasts are all independent. I can say and do what I want. Um, and so I want people to understand that, you know, there are people who absolutely have gone after, have asked, have, you know, have done the work and are denied and are told now is not the time we don't have the money, but apparently they have some type of 
white man savings account somewhere where they just dive in, you know, come out with a bag of money and drop it on people's desks. Well, you mentioned it, Daniel, just to make it more explicit, people of color and women. And the people of color and women who are blunt and have a very good batting average, like we do, I think we can flex, mm -hmm. and who call yes. things as, as, as it is, we get punished for being right. And uh -huh. they have this magical, you know, Scrooge McDuck bag of money. Remember when he Scrooge McDuck used to like yes. jump into his pile of gold coins? His pile of money. Yeah, they're like John Kasich, come on down. Mick Mulvaney, CBS, come on down. And it, it, the reason why it's all connected, and this isn't sour grapes. What for me, I'm upset for Kurt. I'm upset yes, for Ellie. hundred percent. I'm upset for people who are blunt, who are good, who are talented, who are calling it like it is, who are warning us about the rising threats of fascism, and are people of color who are not rewarded, and yet we get this freaking funky, old, musty, nasty, broken down economic anxiety because these cable news institutions are chasing after Chet and Trent and Barbara, these aging white viewers. And yeah. what I always tell people is that there are viewers and listeners. If you, if you tell it, they will come. Do you and know who a majority of MS said, like, I don't know recent analytics, but I will tell you around the time a couple of years ago, the largest demographic that was watching MSNBC were black and brown women. Mm. Right. And just so folks know, you don't see a black person on that network until 7 p.m., and that only happened. Joy only got that slot and was moved from the weekends where you see a deep cluster <laughs> of people of color and women Alicia, and white women. Alicia, Vel, uh, uh, Alicia uh, no, Mendez, Ali Velshi, Ali Velshi Alicia Katie Mendez, Fang, uh, Alicia, uh, Alicia Mendez, Medi Hassan, Ayman, Richard Yasmin, Yasmin Vasukian. Like, do you see all the ethnic names that you hear? <laughs> like... They all hold down the weekends, but during the week, Monday through Friday, from the morning drive time until the evening drive time, you don't see a black person. You see uh, Jose. Uh, it, Jose is the only person of color uh, until in the morning, and that is at 10 a.m. Then you do not see another person of color who is Joy, the only person of color in primetime, the only black person in primetime until seven. Between that is all white men and white women. So again, the demographics of who is watching the show is not reflected in who is on the air. And they have never been interested in playing to their base. Republicans play to their base. And so when we say- we, we're, we're hijacked by whiteness. That's what it is. Yeah. Every and institution. And when we say, when folks are like to say, like, MSNBC is the liberal Fox. No, it's not. Check the airwaves. See who you're actually talking about. They are not liberal, right? Like the people of color that you see filling in the airtime, I would say 95% of them, no, 99% of them are not being paid. Yeah, and also what people don't realize, and I'm glad we're having this conversation, even though we, we, we will probably never get an MSNBC again, which is fine, is- <laughs> I'm on on Sunday. It's fine. Yeah, so, yeah, well, actually, it's me totally too on the fine. weekend. So people say, right. hey, man, you and Danielle do such great work. It's often the people of color who bring us. It's the hosts of color. Yes. That, yep. And, and the, you have, because what people don't realize is the weekend ratings 
for all networks are terrible. For mm -hmm. MSNBC, they're very terrible. So I, I, I'm glad you mentioned this because I, I don't think people pay attention. They literally, it's like the repository for all the darkies. They're like, hey, yes. just come here. Saturday and Sunday, no one's going to watch. And, and then it, it's, like, it's the old school diversity initiative of corporate America. We love the blacks and the women. We have two on our cover. How many people do you have in leadership? Well, let's have that conversation next year. Right. And, and mind you, they have a black president, right? A black woman that is president. But let us understand that she was reared and came up in the same good old boys white system. Mm. She shares the same good old boys white beliefs. She just happens to be a black woman. And the reason why this is coming back full circle and important is as we're leading up to 2024, as we as our worst warnings have come to fruition, as we have predicted on this show from the beginning, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is not an outlier. She's the present and future of the party, that the party is going to fully embrace white supremacy, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, anti-blackness, that they're going to come after our lives, our books, our families, our schools. Everything, unfortunately, that we have predicted on this show has come to fruition. Those voices, especially from our communities, who are forced to be awake and present because yep. it affects and impacts our communities. Those voices that have been correct and have had the foresight are the ones being marginalized. And so what I fear is that what we're witnessing right now, especially with the coverage of Trump yet again, is that they will fail us. These institutions will bend the knee to fascism and right-wing conservatives and angry white folks. And it will be left to us to be correct and be called crazy. And then 20 years from now, mm -hmm. just like we're witnessing the 20 year anniversary of Iraq, all of us who called it, for those of you who are too young, we were called crazy and yet we were right. And every single person that was wrong, check the list, has failed up in life. That's gonna be yep. the repeat, but it doesn't mean you stay silent. We still have to be on the right side of history. And I think at the very least we have this podcast and I do believe Danielle, mm -hmm. That moving forward in the next two to four years, the youth and enough people are going to be pissed off that they're going to reject these institutions. And if these institutions do not change and adapt, they're going to become dinosaurs. I mean, they already are. Look, you know, it's most people get their information from streaming. Most people get their information from podcasts. Um, cable news and regular television are going the way of the typewriter. Um, and I think that the more people that seek out shows like democracy ish and others, um, who seek out diverse voices with thoughtful analysis and opinion that are beholden to no one. And that's, that is the point that I, uh, I want people to leave with. It's not a woe is us. It's like, we're charging paths so that we can tell the truth, um, and are not beholden to any institution that gets to dictate uh, our voices, right? Or 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 tell us um, how to be, how to think, how to present, uh, and and I think that that is more important. That that is what it truly means to be free. And, and, um, and, and so, also, yeah. last thing I'll say for tw for twenty years. Look, I, we can do talk about this next show because it's the twenty year anniversary of the Iraq War. And for those of you mm -hmm. who are young who have forgotten, that war still burns. That war has fundamentally changed our military industrial complex. It helped normalize Islamophobia. Spencer Ackerman wrote about it and said there would be no Trump without the war yep. on terror. Uh, and the individuals within these ecosystems and institutions all championed it. 
the rest of us were on the right side of history. We were called crazy, radical, un-American, and it was for our love of America that we tried to warn this country about the path it was on. George W. Bush, who was one of the worst presidents of our lifetime, Danielle, and if and this, this is my this is my prediction, I hope I'm wrong. This is what's going to happen to Trump. George W. Bush, who led us into that disastrous war, mm-hmm. is now seen as an eccentric, funny painter who gives yep. toffee to Michelle Obama. Yep. So what do you think they're going to do to Trump? He'll have a statue. Maybe he'll be on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, if climate change doesn't take it out. Uh, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajat Ali. Happy Ramadan. Thank Bajahat, you. And to all our Muslim listeners, uh, we will be back next week, friends, if in fact we do have a country left. Inshallah.